0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Staying with me this morning, one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, Jimmy Stewart, 1926 wonderful life it was voted one of the best 100 movies of all times Um, one of the things that uh, really resonate with us because it's so practical and we're going to talk about that today Uh, I want to read a verse with you today this is out of Luke chapter 2 it was a wonderful uh, song we heard that really was out of this now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now look at the last three words there, to all people. Now would you say that with me? To all people. How many of you are glad that salvation is for everyone if they'll accept Jesus Christ? And so... uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things this Christmas season, and uh, we're kicking off today. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful that you love us, you care for us, speak to our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' holy name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Well, George Bailey in the movie said he wished he had never been born, and of course, uh, Clarence, this uh, Hawkeyed Angel, which is very bad theology of angels here, but uh, anyway, you you get it's a movie. He tells him that, okay, you've never been born. So when he leaves that scene and he's trying to go back home, he realizes that everything in his life now has changed. The town that he helped build through his family savings and loan now has become very evil and cruel. Uh, it's, a, it's a bad place now. The pharmacist that he worked for as a kid, Mr. Gower, he, he told Mr. Gower he had uh, developed uh, some concoctions that weren't right, and if he had put them in the prescription, it would have been lethal for the person who took it. And now he sees Mr. Gower has become the town drunk. Uh, his brother Harry, who later became a naval uh, aviator, a war hero, see uh, George, when they were kids, they were sledding on the ice, and his brother Harry broke through the ice and George saved him and rescued him from dying in that frigid water. But because George was never born, Harry never became a Navy pilot. He, he wasn't a war hero. And the reason he became a war hero is because he saved a whole transport of people on that those soldiers on that transport. And because George was never born, all of them died in the war. And of course, his beautiful wife, Mary, played by Donna Reed, uh, she became an old... Uh, depressed spinster because George never married her and of course they didn't have kids so the kids don't exist so everything in George's life now has totally changed because he wished he had never been born so he got his wish so this morning if you have pencil and paper I want to ask you a question of what did George Bailey do wrong and I think it's applicable to all of us today so here's the first one just a couple of them he lost his focus do you realize it's very easy for you and I to focus on the problems instead of the blessings? And I'll guarantee you, this season, you're going to be uh, buying stuff. You're going to go places. There's parties. There's places. There's kids. There's grandkids. There's a Walmart. God help us. Uh, there, there's all kinds of places you feel like you need to go. And if you focus on the problems instead of the blessing, let me tell you, it's not going to be a good Christmas for you and so this is what George is doing and and let me tell you when you focus on what you don't have instead of what you do have if you focus on what is wrong instead of what is right uh, it's going to be a very problematic season for you if you watch the news the news is feeding you constantly what's wrong in our world I mean over and over and over and over we see what's wrong in our world we we have a a pandemic we, we have disease We have sometimes political division, we have racial division, we have economic problems. So we just focus on what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. But I'm going to tell you something, there's a lot of right things in our world. But the focus shifts sometimes on what is wrong instead of what is right. If you're familiar with the psalm, Psalm 91 is a protection psalm. It's a psalm where God says, I'm going to come through for you. But I want to pick it up in verse number 14 because he who holds fast to me in love now this is god speaking to you and i today i will deliver him i will protect him because he knows my name when he calls to me i'll answer him i will be with him in trouble i will rescue him and honor him so this is what the lord is saying if you focus on me i will in turn what focus on you now i want to tell you the eye of the lord and the ear of the lord is always turned toward you according to scripture but there's something that supernaturally happens when you and I focus on Almighty God. When you focus on God, God intensifies his focus on you, and notice what he says. You focus on me, I'll deliver you, I'll protect you. If you call on me, I'll answer you. I'll be with you in trouble. I'll rescue you and honor you. How many of you think that is a good thing? If we focus on the Lord, Hebrews 12 says this. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Can I hear an amen to that? So what is it saying? He who began this good work in you, he's gonna finish this good work in you. So our focus is on the one who's not gonna leave us, who's not gonna abandon us, he's gonna be with us, he's gonna finish that work he started in your life and my life. You see, when David went to the battlefield at the Valley of Elah, everybody else is on the strength of Goliath. David focused on the goodness of God. When Daniel's thrown in the den of lions, Daniel wasn't focused on the strength of the lion. He's he's focused on the strength of God. When the disciples are in the boat, they're focused on the storm, but yet when they shifted their focus from the storm to the guy in the back of the boat, how many of you know the storm changed? So our focus, how we're focused, is so paramount in everybody's life. And in this movie, George Bailey gets his focus off the blessings, off of the solutions. He focuses on the $8,000 that Mr. Potter stole from his uncle. And now the savings and loans are going to go into collapse. The bank examiner is going to come. The sheriff's going to come. They're going to arrest him, put him in prison. And now he doesn't know what to do. Have you ever been in the place you didn't really know what to do? God, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to solve this. I don't know how to get past this. But if our focus is on God, how many of you know, you're going to be in a lot better position than you focusing on the problem. So he lost his focus. Now, the second thing that happened here with George Bailey, he lost his faith. So right at the end of the movie, what does he do? He begins to pray. Would it be better if we started there instead of ended there? Now, I want to be very transparent today There's a lot of times I've tried everything else, and then when I couldn't do it, then I prayed. Y'all are so holy. But there's a lot of times we we need to start coming to God, praying, communicating, God, this is where I am. I need help. So he begins to lose his faith, and he thinks this is never, ever going to work out. Now, faith is not a one-time thing we exercise when we get saved. Now, we're saved by grace through faith. Everybody agree on that? We're saved by grace through faith. But it's not the only time we have to have faith to move through this Christian experience. Every day, you and I need to walk in faith. We need to believe God. We need to trust God. We need to walk this out every day of our life. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm not sharing any bombastic new truth for you or to you. But I'm telling you, we need to be reminded every day you've got to live in faith. Because tomorrow, Wednesday, next week, the week after that, next month, next year, something's going to rise in your life. It's going to be a challenge to you, your money, your finances, your kids, your grandkids, your health, whatever. And you've got to remain in faith. Don't lose your focus. Don't step out of faith. Because it is so very, very important. Romans 14, verse 23, whatever is not of faith is sin. Now that is heavy. What does it mean? We do what we can do, but let me tell you, we cannot do what God can do. So we walk in faith every day. Walk in it with your marriage, with your finances, with your children. So what did George Bailey do to turn his life around? Two things again. Number one, he began to be thankful. He began to be thankful. So I want you to see what happens when, when this scene Begins to be over because he goes back and everything in his life now has changed But when he comes to the reality, he does want to be born. He does want to have a wonderful life I want you to see what changes in the movie. So go home and watch it Now it begins to snow He's thankful for the snow He's thankful for a wrecked car. He's thankful for a tree He's thankful for his town. He's thankful for his old house that he didn't like before. And he's thankful for his family, his wife, his kids. So all these things he took for granted in the movie, now he's extremely thankful for. I mean, he's kissing people. He's hugging trees. I mean, this thing completely turns around because now he's extremely thankful. Now, the Bible addresses this in everything give thanks thanks. now don't misinterpret the bible it doesn't say for everything it says in everything well you know i'm not thankful no listen i'm not thankful for everything are you but i'm thankful in the midst of that crisis that storm that problem god is doing something in my life he's purifying me He's increasing my faith if I believe in the Word of God. He's increasing my trust. I'm becoming a better believer. I'm becoming a stronger believer. So those things happen when I give thanks, and I'm thankful for the things God's doing for me, and in everything, give thanks. For this is what? The will of God in you and I. So we give thanks. So he became thankful. So the second thing George Bailey did in the movie, he developed a whole new perspective. Say that with me. He developed a whole new perspective. Now he begins to value the things he took for granted. His family, his friends, the time that he invested in the community and the people around him because it does matter, right? Matt Matt talked about things that we've done around here this week. How many of you know it does matter? It seems like small things, but small things turn into big things. He realizes the pain he's been through. Last night, as I kind of wrestled with the message, I thought about it every moment of every person's life. We do realize everyone at one time or another wears a shirt that hurts. You ever worn a shirt that hurts? Now, Carrie thinks that I'm a a little weird because uh, I'm very sensitive. And you look at me and say, goodness gracious, you're not very sensitive. Well, listen. (laughs) I'm very sensitive in my skin. So anything that's itchy or scratchy, I don't wear. I I have holes in backs of shirts where I rip the tag. Is is anybody a tag ripper here? You old tag rippers. Let me tell you why I I, I rip tags out of my shirt. Because they rub on my neck and it drives me crazy. And so if it's itchy, if it's scratchy, uh, I'm not going to wear it. You can give me a $300 shirt. I don't know what that looks like. But if I had one, if it's itchy and scratchy, I'm not wearing it. I don't care about being cool other than being non-scratchy. So here he becomes sensitive to things that he's never been sensitive to before, but There's not anybody here that's not going to wear the shirt that pains them. And what I mean is you're going to have situations it feels like you put that thing on. And you're walking that thing out. And you have to realize that's just part of life. In this world, you're going to have some tribulation, but be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. So I go through with that faith and that confidence and that thankfulness But I have a whole new perspective of how God's working in my life. And now George Bailey is going to allow things just to take its course because it's out of his hands. Now it's out of my hands. I've prayed. I've fasted. I I, I went to the Word. I've trusted God. I believe in God now. God, you're sovereign, and you're going to have to take this because I've done all I can do. And I have to have a new perspective with this. And at the end of the movie, when you watch it, you're going to find out that he's still in trouble. And they still hadn't found the $8,000 that Mr. Potter, the villain, stole. But at the end of the movie, if you remember it, he goes back to his home and he embraces his family and they're standing in front of the Christmas tree, you remember? And now they know the bank examiners are coming and the sheriff is coming, and the law enforcement's coming, and they're going to arrest him because they think he's absconded with $8,000. But all of a sudden, something different happens. Now all the community bands together, the, the family and the friends, because George Bailey has helped them through his life, they begin to bring money like an offering, and there's a table before him, and they begin to pile the money up to replace the $8,000 that was lost, and this is the part I love. Your attention, please. Even the bank examiner and the law enforcement people that are there to arrest him contributes to the $8,000, and when you watch this, this is what comes to my mind that God will even make your enemies to be at peace with you. How many of you know that's biblical? That God can even make your enemies be at peace with you. Isn't that amazing? And that's what happens in the movie. And of course, toward the end of the movie, you know what Clarence, the second-rated angel, says. He says, George, you have to realize you've had a wonderful life and let me tell you something about you you're probably living a more wonderful life than you really realize but what what happened here george wished he had never been born but he was so he lived a wonderful life now let's segue here just a little bit what would it have been like if jesus had never been born Think about that. What would our world look like if Jesus had never been born? And he he was, and, and he reigns in heaven, you know. But think about this, and I want to give you this thought. We're celebrating this season, the birth of Christ, but if he had not been born, our world would be completely different. Although many have perverted the Christian methods and message over the years, Christianity in its purest form has been the greatest blessing on the face of this earth. I want to say that again. The coming of Jesus Christ, the ministry of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the principles of the word is the greatest blessing ever on the face of the, of, the, of the earth. You say, well, Jesus is the greatest blessing. I understand that, but he is the word and as this word permeates across this planet, it's the greatest blessing ever on the planet. Now, Christianity has changed the makeup of everything. Now, one of the One of the things that the naysayers say about Christianity, that it's uh, really uh, condemning and going against women. Christianity has been the greatest liberator of women ever. Ever. And let me prove that to you. Prior to Christianity, women, and listen ladies, you were nothing more than chattel or merchandise. You could be married, you could be divorced, you could be uh, uh, traded, you could be put into slavery. I mean, uh, Christianity condemned marital infidelity, divorce, incest, uh, uh, polygamy, infanticide. And the reason I say infanticide, because the most uh, killed babies were always female. And until recently, and it's probably still going on in China, it was still going on just a few years ago. Because the Chinese government limited the number of children that a a couple could have, and if it was a girl baby, they usually killed that baby. Because they wanted a male child. Now, this still practice is uh, uh, on the, on the earth. Christianity brought women into more religious service because most religions never, hardly ever used uh, women except in a horrible way. Uh, Paul in his writings refers to. Let me read some names here. Chloe, Phoebe, Priscilla, Persis, Mary, Junia, Tryphena, Triphosis, Julia, Olympias, Yodia, Syntyche, Aphia, Claudia, many others, and some I can't even pronounce their names, but he talked about these women filling key positions in the church. In the 19th century, Charles Spurgeon told of a Hindu woman speaking to an Indian missionary saying, Listen, surely your Bible was written by a woman. When he asked why, because it says so many kind things for women, our pundits, our gur- uh, gurus, never refer to us but in reproach. Until just a few years ago, if a man died in India, and they built his funeral pyre, which was a, you know, a wooden platform, and they'd put the body on there to burn it, they, they usually burned the widow with him, alive. And many cultures, when that man died, they would bury the wife with him alive. So ladies, thank God for Christianity. It's a good day in the neighborhood, right? So I'm telling you that Christianity was a huge liberation to women. Listen to Paul, Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew, nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus we may have different positions but we are all of the same value and jesus going to the cross showed the value of humanity Early Christianity valued labor and skill and work, concepts of justice and civil liberties, equality. They are rooted in the Christian faith. Christianity helped us in our political and social systems, economic freedom. They're inspired by the teachings of Jesus. Art, music, literature, architecture, greatly influenced by Christianity. But what if... We didn't have those. Our world would be much less of what it is today. Christianity influenced education. Most of the Ivy League schools and Christian schools began as a result of Christianity. You would not know that today, but it's true. And some of you don't know that. Let let me just read a few of these uh, names off to you. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Dartmouth. Have You ever heard of those schools? Guess who started those? Christians. Here's the motto of Harvard, truth. Motto of Yale, light and truth. Harvard, uh, uh, the the motto of Princeton, under God's power she flourishes. Uh, The motto of Dartmouth, a voice crying in the wilderness. Does that sound very Christian to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, William and Mary, Rutgers, Duke University, Emory University, Wheaton College, Columbia University, Georgetown, Boston College, Notre Dame, Santa Clara Clara University, St. John's University, Oxford in England. You know what the... uh, Motto of Oxford is, the Lord is my light. St. Andrews, University of Edinburgh, I could go on and on. All of these major universities, all of the world were were started because of Christians. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how they come into existence. But today, they're very secular. Today, they're almost anti-Christian. But the roots were in Christianity. Hospitals, orphanages, nursing homes. Where did we get those? Those from the gospel and the teaching of Jesus Christ because he was born. And if he didn't come, we may not have those because, well, pastor, we may have those because man's just good, right? No, because I want to show you that uh, it took the message in the life of Jesus Christ to elevate human, human value and the qualities of life. Even our own country was founded on Judeo, Judeo-Christian values, the Declaration of Independence. Our Constitution, whether people would tell you that or the teacher would tell you that, they're founded on Christian values. America's founded on Christian values. You don't hear that talk much, and for the next few minutes, Uh, Young people, if you're 35 and younger, I'd like for you to listen to me for the next six minutes. Because I don't know if you hear this or even hear it enough. In the 20th century, let's just take one century. Now let's take the concept like George Bailey, I wish I'd never been born. There are nations and there are cultures that wish Jesus had never been born. Matter of fact, they're anti-Christ or they're anti-religious. You cannot have a church there. Uh, They don't want you preaching the gospel there. They're not for Jesus Christ. So what do they produce? Let me share what they produce because we have record of what they produce. In the 20th century, the the ideology of socialism and communism, and you hear that on television a lot, people in colleges are touting that, they're marching for it. So let me tell you what you're marching for. Let me tell you what you're being educated for. In the 20th century, these thoughts resulted between 100 million and 160 million deaths through execution, labor camps, ethnic cleansing, famines, and wars. Even Hitler and the Nazis, who were not basically socialists or communists, they hated both of them, but yet they're totalitarian six million Jews died three million prisoners of war died 45 million civilian deaths 250,000 people with disabilities were killed because if you were disabled they just killed you you were no value to society you were waste. Uh, half a million gypsies were killed 70,000 homosexuals were killed and murdered 15 million people died during the war that adds up to close to 70 million people let me tell you: you take Jesus out death comes you bring Jesus in, life comes. You say, well, Are you making up these numbers? No, this is historical. If Jesus had never been born, this is the type of governments, this is the type of leadership you'll have. But because of Jesus, we have a different quality, we have a different ideology, we have a different thinking because of the gospel and the teaching of Jesus Christ. Now, when Jesus is rejected, death comes. When Jesus is accepted, life comes. And today, we're starting our series celebrating the birth of Christ. Was he born on December the 25th? Don't have a clue. April, don't know. But I know he was born. So whether you celebrate him this season, next season, you ought to celebrate him every day. Because Jesus came and he changed the world. And the way he changed the world, he changed us. And infused us back into this world to change the world. We're the people, according to Acts, who turns the world upside down. And we ought to be doing that. We need to deliver the message. We need to deliver the truth. And let me tell you, there is an undercurrent going on in politics, in government, in even religion, that is shifting us away from these values that we need to hold sacred and dear. And the replacement of that is death. And people aren't smart enough to understand that. Pardon my boldness, but I'm gonna tell you, they don't understand because they haven't heard history. Boy, it's quiet in here. I'm thankful that Jesus was born. I'm thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ because let me tell you what we got. We got a savior. We got a redeemer. We got a judge and we got a king. And one day, He's going to make all the wrongs right. But until then, you and I have the opportunity to receive Him into our hearts and to be the children of God. Until then, we can worship Him and we can love Him, and He loves us already. And your family can be better, your life can be better, because you may be battling something horrible in your family. It could be an addiction, it could be a health issue, it could be mental, it could be anything. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord is here to help us with the issues that we have. And just as the psalmist said, I'm going to help you in time of trouble. I'm going to go to rescue you. And I want to tell you, that's what the Lord does for us. So as we close out, the Bible says, those who sat in darkness... They saw a great light. And you and I have a great light. And the Lord is the light of the world, right? And he shed that light to us. And we don't hide it under a bushel. No, that'd make a good song, wouldn't it? (laughs) What do we do? We let our light shine. We shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We we shouldn't be ashamed of freedom. We, We shouldn't be ashamed of hard work. We shouldn't be ashamed of equality. We, we shouldn't be ashamed of treating people right and just, right? Because that's what Jesus wants us to do. He hasn't pitted us one against another, although I will say the ones who propagate that have pitted the people against each other more than anybody else. So we have to be wise. We have to look at the Scripture and to see what the Scriptures actually say. I mean, if you know, we can live a wonderful life. Sometimes not so wonderful. But let me tell you what's really wonderful. When you take your last breath on this earth, it just gets better if you know Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.